and gentlemen, welcome back. Episode number 189 of the Course Grind Podcast. We're almost getting my weight. Notice I said almost because I'm a svelte. I'm not telling you how much I weigh. With you as always this evening, host creator Sean Rossler. How is everyone doing this evening? Episode 189. Can you believe it? You know, there's a word that a lot of people use quite a bit. And I think it's high time we stop using it this way. And that word is fixture. Just what is a fixture? Great question. Glad you asked. If we look at it objectively, it's an object of some kind that is necessary to utilize, function in, otherwise enjoy a certain something. For example, to utilize a door, you need the fixture of a doorknob. To enjoy the therapeutic benefit of spa therapy, you need a hot tub. To enjoy sushi, you need the fixture, okay, I'm stretching a little bit, of soy sauce. Get it? It's a necessary element to full enjoyment. Well... I got a fixture here tonight who I've selfishly wanted to have on for a long time because of how necessary he is to our family's enjoyment and many, many like mine. If you walk into the best brewery sponsor of the Course Grind podcast, let me pause for a little impact there, you will inevitably meet who I believe to be one of the greatest culinary and libation-centered fixtures within a 100-mile radius. This is not a lie. This is not an exaggeration. I'd say it if he wasn't here. I mean this. His voice booms, his beard looms, and his instant willingness to recommend what you should drink versus what you're comfortable drinking is what makes him magic. Like the big bearded dude from Harry Potter, he guides you through your journey safely, learning more about yourself than you knew coming in. Oh, and when you least expect it, the dude goes and drops a new band on your playlist, and uh, you never recover from it. Thanks, Budo's band. I'll go on record and say by now he's beyond uncomfortable with the praise. I guarantee you he's squirming at a local dive bar, and I love it. Um, but it's high time we give it. You've heard from behind the pass. Now it's time to hear from behind the bar and the beard. Ladies and gentlemen and everyone in between, the lovable bearded dude behind the bar at THBC, and who's to blame for my obsession with the Budos band, the Nate Wheeler. What's going on, brother? Dude, I've never, ever been described like any of that before. I've never had an intro. I'm completely baffled right now. I don't know what to say. <laughs> I know. I know for a fact. This is... All right. So let, let's pull the curtain back for a second. Nate's at the paddock in Bloomsburg. If you're from oh, Bloomsburg, you know what that's about. If you're not... um Trust me, dive, and I mean dive in a loving way. I, I do. Cause I'm right I, outside I, here. You can hear the music. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> but I guarantee you, as I was reading that, the, 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 the squirming continued because he's not a guy, much like myself, who's comfortable with praise. But, dude, you know, like, since day one that we've been coming in and you've been there, like, there's a connection, and I really... I, you know, I appreciate what you do, and I don't know that I've ever been outwardly so, like, blatant about it. Um, but honestly, yours is a presence um, I've wanted on for a long time, so I'm stoked as fuck to have you on right now. You're real recognized real, man. I know you're a foodie. I know you're out there doing the thing. Like, doing, know what's up. That's all I can do. That's all I can do, brother. So, um, without further ado, let's give the people with uh, with terrible short-term memories like myself, as well as people new to the program, the breakdown, starters, mains, and afters. Starters, we're going to talk about where the guest in question came from, what brought them to be where they're at. Mains, we're going to talk a little bit about the industry, current day, what it is they do, what it is they don't. And finally, afters, a little bit more irreverent, a little bit more off the cuff, but no one has been seriously bodily injured in 188 episodes, so I don't see it happening tonight, although he is at the fucking paddock, so anything could happen. Um... Nate Wheeler, brother, talk to me about where and what you grew up eating. Oh, boy. Well, um, I mean, 
my parents are pretty good foodies mm-hmm. and I, I would say Russell's. Mm. My parents were at that Russell's scene way back in the day, like yep. in the late nineties. So I've, yeah. I mean, I, if you I say Russell, say it, 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 isn't that, that's so crazy that you can say one word Russell's and anybody local goes, Oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Did you, um, did you get a chance to listen to my interview with Russ? I didn't. Oh, you got You got to check it out, man. Like, honestly, you want to talk about almost losing it a couple times? Like, and you can actually hear it. Normally I can hide it, but like right. the fact that you can drop Russell's in every, I think everybody listening from the area that, that, you know, grew up around it, came up around it, absolutely gets it. So that Russell's vibe, you know, and, and I've, I've met the rents before. I, I, I get it. Definitely. I could see that. Um, obviously based on that, then you weren't a picky eater growing up. Dude. Uh, on the contrary, I am the oh. most picky eater ever. Oh. I hate onions. Like oh. they are the bane of my existence. Sinner. I don't eat. I've never had a salad unless it's a fruit salad. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I would have never, ever taken you for that, dude. That's no, really funny. It's, it's super weird. Yeah. Wow. It's no, super weird. No onions, no salads. God damn. You... Yeah. Like those raw vet, like meat and potatoes, like. I get it. No, I I, I feel it. I, I feel it. And again, if we, you know, if we say Russell's vibe, we, I, you didn't have necessarily have to latch on to raw vegetables. Like everything was very French inspired. So, yeah, you know, everything is soft, luscious and unctuous. So why would it not be? Um, so talk to me a little bit about, you know, growing up in this vibe, which is awesome, you know, to have Russell's as your backdrop. How cool is that? Um, and I mean, obviously like, I, I, what, I would have, we had, uh, Every we do our Christmas on Christmas Eve because right. uh, all the families and all that. Mm-hmm. Every single Christmas Eve, I would have broccoli cheddar soup from Russell's. I love that. That was like the one thing that I had to have every year. I love that. I I, yeah. I absolutely adore that. Yeah, mainly because I know it, and I know anything soup that came from Russell's was godlike, and <laughs> that was certainly amongst the pantheon. Um. So, like, thinking of your your v- varied palette back then, obviously growing up with Russell's, and knowing you today, obviously something stoked that fire. Something made you go, oh, shit, food's a little more than just, you know, sustenance. Uh, who, who was that? Who would you say, influence-wise, really kind of pushed you in that direction? Uh, it was definitely my mom. Mom. Um, yeah, I mean, my mom's a pretty good cook when she does. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm key key part there but um, (laughs) we we would travel a lot her best friend my aunt she lives in dc so we would go down there a bunch um i was at i would say i was like 16 we were at the marrakesh wow nice dc and i was like oh okay this is this place is different yeah 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 this isn't Bloomsburg. <laughs> no, no. And it's 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 so funny because I came from a town smaller than Bloomsburg, came here, and I'm like, oh, this is different. You know, and this is still when I was kind of getting my culinary footing. But, you know, travel has that propensity to, to vault that forward. But again, kind of, you know, knowing, knowing mom a, a little bit like I do and just passing, you know, I could definitely see how that, that push could happen. So you have this incredible upbringing uh, with this incredible backdrop, like of, of Russell's, of this travel, and you know, I know you, and many like me know you as like that dude from Turkey Hill, like the guy, because because you are like like Neville. Neville's the guy that kind of walks around, you know, quietly, 
and you know just make sure all is good you're the dude controlling the room like there's there's a presence that you have and a presence that you come with that is inexplicable and certainly ir- irreplaceable um and you're really fucking good at it um so with that in mind what what was it about food and beverage that like drew you to it i mean that's that's where you're at right now and i mean you seem to be like Everyone always says, do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. You look happy as shit, dude. So, like, what was it that brought you to this and makes you enjoy it the way you do? I, I mean, it, it's, it, it's super weird. So, again, Russell's, my parents being there, they went to Belgium in, like, 98. So, my parents nice. were big-time beer heads. Big-time beer heads. Yeah. And I went to Drexel. I moved to Virginia. And... The day I turned 21, this place called Beer Run opened. Nice. And every Wednesday they would have a tasting. And this was, hell, hell, 15 years ago. And, (laughs) exactly. And they would have the brewer from each place come in. So, like, Steamworks, Lagunitas, Anderson Valley, yada, 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 yada. So, all these people would come in. And all of a sudden I realized, like, I have all this beer knowledge background and I, know what beer is now mm-hmm. it, it was just kind of a thing mm-hmm. so here's the funny bit i went to high school with nick beaver oh okay nick, yep nick beaver was one of my best of friends growing up so he actually called me up and said yo dude i just bought a brewery can you come up here and make this happen and i was like yep done see you monday nice so i packed up, up all my shit from virginia and i come up here help nick open marley's up on up on main street Yep. Yep. And for whatever reason, I didn't end up working there. Mm-hmm. But a week later, there was <laughs> a uh, ad in the paper for an open house at Turkey Town. Nice. Nice. So I was working at Steph Subs at the time, nice. and just like for something to do. That's I- where I remember you from. Holy shit! There okay. Okay. There you go. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Got it. So got it. I was I was at Steph's, and mm-hmm. I went up to this interview. I was the only dude in the room at the farmhouse. There's like 150 women and me. And then Jim Hahn starts talking to me. I go back up for another interview. I take him this little sandwich. I'm like, here you go, bud. And that, that was pretty much the end of it. That's all. That's all she wrote. That's yeah. that's great. Were you in – this is going to go off script a bit, but I don't care. Mics are running, and this could be entertaining audio. Were you in Nick Beaver's graduating class? Yes, I was. Chances are you were in my English class that I taught, because that's how I know Nick Beaver. I student taught for Sandy Brando and Nancy Edwards. Um, Jesus. Yes, in 2000, which would have placed you right there at the scene of the crime. Who, who we did would you, have been freshmen. Who did you have for English? I had Sam Beidelman first, and then Castile. Okay. And then, what was it, Bernie, Bernie Wolf? Maybe. Yep. I definitely had Bernie Wolf and I had Callahan. I had Cade Beitelman in my English class that I taught. So there you go. Yeah. The world the world just just constricted a little bit more. Um yeah, twenty one years later. Holy shit. <laughs> Isn't that something? Um so uh, all right, so obviously that, that path makes a lot of sense. And you know, it, it it's true. I I think maybe that's that's why you do stand out. You know, it is a very um it seems a very uh female fronted uh service staff at Turkey Hill at Turkey Town you know 
And obviously, vertically, you stand out quite a bit uh, as well. So it's easy to notice you. Um, so let's talk about beer. Let, let's, let's you know, typically we talk culinary at this point, but obviously beer is what, you know, you and I get. Now that I know that, I'm going to bring you some uh, some of my brew, but more to come on that. Donnie, Donnie drank it and didn't die. So there you go. That's an inside reference, folks. Uh, people who know Turkey Hill understand. And, and Jim did, too. So it's all good. Um, so... Currently, you know, you're you're the dude running the show upstairs. But culinarily, I know you know your shit inside and out. So because I've seen you, first of all, second only to culinary is probably music festivals for you. Uh, I'm wearing a 4848 shirt right now. I was going to say, I think that's a fair statement. But at the same time, I've seen the goddamn shark booty boards that you put out uh, <laughs> at these. And see, this is this is what happens when a host does his homework. It makes the guest uncomfortable. Um, where where are you pulling from? Like, what do you look at culinarily or libation wise that like really gets you going? That makes you go, shit, I can make that, or shit, we should brew that. And you take the idea, you know, to them. Like, where is it you're going for these ideas? Just traveling to shows, yeah. keeping my eyes open. Yeah, like if. A- band that i like announces a show somewhere the first thing i'm doing is googling what kind of good food is around it and just keeping my eyes open i mean i'm 11 years on you think i would retain something yeah well (laughs) but 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 listen that's a life skill and people annoy the shit out of me who don't do this I, i shouldn't say that you don't annoy me you're fine you're okay but it does get to me like part of well, where are we going to stay? Where are we going to take kids? Ah, why don't you look at where you're going to find sustenance and not have it be routine run of the mill bullshit? I'm just saying just an idea, you know, not judging, but totally judging. Um, Nate presents possibly the best advice. If you're going to travel, like look for your lodging, look for your eating and, and, and be adventurous with it. Like, why would you go somewhere and then just eat the same shit you're going to eat at home. I'm just saying. Exactly. Don't go to a chain restaurant. Hmm. Ever. Applebee's is exotic. The hell. <laughs> and, and listen, 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 listen. I can get down with a blooming onion. I can get down with, the, you know, this. it's not disavowing the whole concept. But if you're going to go somewhere, like live it. Go to the place. Go to the place where... Like, you see all the service trucks in the area, like, crammed into the parking lot, and maybe it looks a little beat down, but you're going to be okay. Go in. See what... Oh, watch Guy Fieri. Just watch that film, bitch. Uh, Listen, and and here we go. And I have made it a habit now, ever since I've been shown through the error of my ways, through folks very close to Guy, I will, again, fall on my own sword and say I got him wrong early on. And I have since adjusted. The way that Bourdain did with Emeril, I'm doing it with Guy Fieri. Um, he gets it. He gets it. He gets it. it. It's it's that simple. Like, you go where the parking lot is full and, like, that, that – first, of, that should be your main metric. Bourdain said it. You know, Guy said it. So many people have said it. It's true. Um, don't mind the wait a little bit. Give your kids a screen. If you're one of those absolutist parents, I don't know, like, burn some sage over them. Chill them out. I don't know what to tell you. It's worth the wait. 
you want to go to a line if there's a line and there's food involved sometimes you need to stand in that line exactly. stand in the bissinger's line at the fair i bet you it's a good apple dumpling no shit it is exactly exactly what stand in the denny and pearls line stand there in you the go. you know all these local re- everyone outside of bloomsburg is going who the fuck's denny and pearl um <laughs> it's they probably are at this point but 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 it's absolutely true and then when you're in that line I don't care how stiff you are. I don't care how much of a hanger you still have in your jacket. Talk to somebody. You know, yeah. talk to the people in front of you. Talk to the people behind you. Oh, have you been here before? Oh, yeah, we come here all the time. Oh, we're new to the area. What would you recommend? Let me tell you something. It's an ego stroke both ways. Because yep. that person who's the local knows that you're reaching out trying to appreciate what they're doing. And then you, like, understand they're giving you knowledge. They're giving you that inside track. You're part of them now. One of us. One of us. One of us. Um, it's our town. Why would we want you to have the bad things? Exactly. We want you to remember Bloomsburg as a positive, not a bad thing. Yeah, yeah. Especially uh, after Monster Truck Week. Every time. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Exactly. Um, so now I know again just from the just from the Steph Subs reference. You know, you 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 not just dabble culinarily. You you make shit happen culinarily. Um, so I gotta ask you, because I know you come up with shit too, like you're, you're, you're creative, um, greatest creation and most embarrassing creation ever go. Oh boy. Hell. Uh, oh, okay. The best thing I ever made was a lobster mac and cheese Mm -hmm. up in Cape Cod. Nice. But, you know, Seamus Muldoon gave us the damn lobsters and... I used friggin' seawater. Oh. And, <laughs> and there was a cheese shop down the street. So, yeah, it, that was that was probably the best thing I've ever made. Love it. The worst one. <laughs> he knows it. He knows it. He doesn't want to admit it, but he knows it. It's not. It, it didn't taste bad. But every Easter, my parents and I um, make a ham loaf. Okay. And throughout the years, we shape it into different forms for the holiday <laughs> okay yeah. okay so, so one year we tried to make a baby jesus shaped ham loaf <laughs> that's real talk and <laughs> it didn't necessarily come out shaped like the baby jesus what did it come out shaped as it was still a delicious ham loaf yeah of course it was but it wasn't baby jesus shaped <laughs> No, I mean, we've done crosses, we've done, like, Easter baskets, we've done all sorts of weird shit. That's, I mean, uh, I appreciate, I I gotta get my shit together here, I appreciate the sentiment behind it, but it's like, I don't know, maybe, maybe Ham Loaf shouldn't envision, like, like the end boss of Christianity. It's like, no, I don't know. I think we might have overstepped on that one. Yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> it's science. just the three of us, so it's all good. But Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm going to have a nightmare about that now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my yeah, God. Ham, baby Jesus. <laughs> that, that, that almost sounds like a southern swear. Ham, baby Jesus. <laughs> Ham loaf, baby. Ham Jesus. loaf, baby. Jesus, because <laughs> it's more moldable. You can't that's, like cut a ham down. Oh, and make it. That's true. You got to mold the loaf. You could. You, you you would have to carve the ham into the shape of baby Jesus. It would be a real son of. Where a the bitch. hell am I going with this? Good. What are you doing to me? Knock it off. Um. <laughs> so, 
let's uh let's jump back because I honestly I was handpicking like what beer was I gonna drink as I interviewed like my beer dude and I I actually ended up kind of like kind of half-assing out with the Genesee um, seasonal Ruby Red Kolsch, which I just enjoy. Like it's just, okay. I think it's fantastic. They do they do more like artisan seasonals than most beers, and they do it better and they do it cheaper. So I'm like, I, I'm I'm not gonna steer from this. Did you happen to have their dry hop cream ale when they did it? I did not. No, they I did. Usually... They did a limited release. Of dry hop cream ale, and it was one of the best things I ever tasted. Um, I believe that. Holy... Sound good. Yeah, yeah, and I still have. I I have a twelve pack. They stopped production two year, two years later, year and a half later, and I still have the twelve pack. So it's it's gonna have to go sometime. But I bring up beer because beer is so trend driven, and I know you've got the finger <laughs> on the pulse. And you hooked me up with the gin cask sour, which was, I mean, life changing. It was that good. Um, I want to ask you, what, in your opinion, is the next big thing in beer? I mean, it, it's it's not the next big thing. The, the Czechs have been doing it for six hundred mm. years, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's called Pilsner. Yep, yep. And everyone's just now figuring it out. I I agree, and I'm so thrilled you say that because. I love a good Pilsner full stop. Like, if I have a choice on a menu of what I'm going to pair, like, by default, knee-jerk reaction, you hit my kneecap with the hammer, you say, what beer do you pick? It'll be a Pilsner. Like, that. Every single time I walk <laughs> into a bar or a brewery anywhere in the country, if there is a Pilsner on there that I've never had before, I order it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That is the judge of a brewer. If you can make a brew, if you can make a pilsner with five ingredients and it tastes good, yeah. you don't need to have extracts and all sorts of stupid adjectives. Yep, you are a decent brewer. I love that. I love that. That's that's fantastic. That that makes me feel at least that my beer knowledge is still like at least in line with what the trend is. Now the other side of that question then is what trend or otherwise unfortunately popular idea that some douchebag decided to make popular, um, triple dry hopping, um, are you ready to see go away? Like, what do you I'm just... tired of people asking me, what is your hazy? You don't even know what that oh. means. <laughs> you don't even know what that means. What does hazy <laughs> mean? What, 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 like, uh, let's talk about what, what does hazy mean? What does hazy mean? So to me, are you, okay. Are you looking... Yeah. Are you, is it like a milkshake looking thing that you want? Do right. you want something that's super hoppy and 8%? Do you want something that's a true New England IPA because you're a beer drinker? Right. What do you need? Exactly. Exactly. And that's it, it, it's so funny because before this call, I, I was downloading with my wife a bit uh, about a, a work trip she was on and how somebody threw out, like, well, all they need to do is gamify and badgeify what they're doing. So as an e learning guy, like my brain just splatters on the wall and I go, no, no, you couldn't be more wrong. I can't stand you by default. I've never met you and I hate you already. So like, um, the same words just hurt me. Yeah, yeah, I know. Right. (laughs) But, but like hazy, sour, like, okay. Do you like sour? Mm, It's too sour. If you say the words too sour, then you're not really into them. Do you understand how a sour is? Do you understand why it's hazy? Like, How spicy is your buffalo chicken? Oh, Jesus Christ. 
<laughs> Applebee's is down the road. There we go. Bringing it back. Chain restaurant. Callback. Um, that's it's it's just like why why make it a thing? Why why? Uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know. But I'm I'm glad to hear you say both because I agree with you wholeheartedly that a pilsner a pilsner is basically a soup for a chef, right? A chef should be able to make a soup and have that soup be just brilliant front to back. Nah, it's simple. No, no, no. I would, I would take it's a steak. Yeah, oh, you go steak because the other option is omelet. Hubert Keller, or not, not Hubert Carroll. Yeah. Uh, Wolfgang Puck. Yeah, I guess you're right about that too. Like, like, oh, okay, but but those things, like, if we take them alone, yeah. right? Soup, steak, omelet. They are intrinsically simple. If you can't make that, then you don't need to make anything else. Exactly. You shouldn't be adding dried lime peel and baby toenails. Like, no, it doesn't. Pineapple upside down cake lager. Oh my god! Like, like I read some of these cans, and I go into here's another Bloomsburg reference, kids. I go into beverage station, and they have the dollar cans at the counter, and I always grab them up because there's always like this awesome blend of them, and they're always like sixteen, sixteen point nine cans. And it's always the dumbest shit I've ever read. It's like, what? What are you doing? Like, I don't know your brand. Why are you making a triple hazy IPA with oat milk? Like, what? Doesn't make any sense. No sense at all. No sense at all. I was at in a brewery a couple of years back uh, down in Virginia, and they had like 17 beers on tap, and 14 of them were IPAs. What's the point of you? What the fuck? What, what is the point? I think, what, Turkey Hill carries maybe two, maybe three at a time, tops? If that, if that, if that, because we, like, we try to stick to one beer per style. <clears throat> now, there might it. be a couple of pale ales on, or like there might be a different version of the IPA on cask. Right. But... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so so three total, and that's like any IPA versus IPA versus APA, maybe. I, I, I actually don't know if I've ever seen an APA come through Turkey Hill, but I don't know. I mean, I would call the Revelation an American pale ale. Well, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Okay. All right. So it has. I what mean, I, I, I always tell people it's kind of like Sierra Nevada. If you like Sierra Nevada, you're going to like this beer. Yeah. So. And I mean, Sierra Nevada, literally the the, the brand that put pale ale on the map. Yeah, um, that's the definition of American pale. So like, yeah, like fight me, fight Nate. Like, take your pick. We don't give <laughs> a don't shit. Want to. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, so you're doing your thing at Turkey Hill. Talk to me about five-year plan. What do you got on? What are you doing, man? I don't know. Um, I, 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 I'm kind of like that Tom Brady one game at a time mentality. I appreciate that. I I'm love the shit like out of Head down. Uh, let's get. I, I'm straight up right now. I got to get through my buddy's wedding in May in South Carolina. Like that's the <laughs> only thing I have on my brain. It's kind of <laughs> how it. I manage all this nonsense. I just try to keep everything simplistic. Yeah. All right. Here, let me change the question up a little bit for you. Um, if you could wake up tomorrow and literally have like the dream situation, like, like to do what you want to do, what would it look like? Like, like professionally speaking, you've seen chef's table, Dan Barber. Yes. Up there in the Hudson Valley. Absolutely. I have. Yeah. I got 11 acres outside. Love it. Love it. And I, and you would, you, you would be the guy to run with something like that. I'm just saying. I'm just saying, I, I'd be the guy to interview you again, though, because that would be pretty awesome. 
<clears throat> we got a farmer up here at the pub now too, working with me, Alec, the homie bartended everywhere. <laughs> he used to work at Harry's. Yeah. Do you mean my fraternity brother who comes here all the time? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably, probably that guy. Yeah. So, that's that's my I buddy. Shout got him up here, but I pitched him the idea years back. Yeah, yeah. He's pitched us the idea of buying a goddamn farm, and I'm like, Alec, calm down, dude. It's two in the morning. It's time to go to bed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, big big love to Clan Mall and their two behemoths. Um, they are they are big big childs. They are awesome. <laughs> yeah, it is. They are something. So, all right. Well, wh- whatever direction it takes, you know, you know where I am. You know, you know what number to call now for sure. So we're behind you 100%. Um, you ready for some afters? Some fun questions? Yeah. All right. Oh. This, w- this one, I honestly, I was excited to ask from the moment that I wrote the script out. I'm like, ooh, I get to ask this to the guy that gave me Budo's band, you son of a bitch, because I've never looked back since. Um, I am standing in your kitchen, um, and we're cooking together. We're slinging. We're, we're doing our thing. You have control of the radio. What what Doom are we listening Flamingo. to? What's that? Doom Flamingo. Doom Flamingo. Why do I feel like I'm going to have another problem here? Like a murder bird. Doom Flamingo. I love it. Doom Flamingo. It's, it's 80s synth waves. It's like oh, Grand Theft it. Auto, Vice City meets Scarface. It's party music. That's fantastic. Doom Flamingo. You heard it here first. Um, all right. Here we go. Next one. You ready? I'm yep. going to fly you to a deserted island, drop you off, and you can only bring three foods or food-type items with you. Inexhaustible supplies through the power of imagination, but only three things. What would they be and why? Gatorade. That's obvious. I love that. How smart is that? Um, he went full survival on me there. Yeah, Eagle Scout baby. <laughs> um... Uh, pizza? Can, is pizza yeah, an option? Fuck yeah, it's an option. <laughs> yeah, pizza, because I could live on Sally's of Pete's for the rest of my life. There you go. Um, honestly, I'm good after that. No. Uh, Rodney Scott pulled pork. Wow. Yeah. Rodney Scott's whole hog barbecue. If I could have Rodney Scott barbecue, Sally's of Pete's, and Gatorade, I'd be fine for the rest of my life. Love that. Love that. Um... What would, uh, all right, here, and this is only, like, this kind of a self-indulgent sponsor of the Course Garden Podcast question. Which Turkey Hill beer would you take with you? Ooh, uh, Dortmunder. Mmm! I always, I always order the Dortmunder. Dortmunder. Yep. The Chexican is awesome. Chexican is amazing. I really love our, our German Pilsner. Yeah. But I would say Dortmunder. The Dortmunder, listen, people. That's my child. When you go in, and I've seen people's faces contort and go, what's a Dortmunder? Trust me, when you see a name like that, you go with it. You just go with it. You know, the first time I had a Dortmunder, uh, I, I don't know what it was. It was the same reaction. But Great is, Lakes. Oh, my God. It is amazing. Great Ama- Lakes Dortmunder Gold. That was our inspiration. Complex and yet simplistic at the same time. I remember saying to Donnie, hell, year one or two, like, hey drink this try this beer yeah let's make this yeah and he was like really i said let's make this beer yep and he was like you think it'll work i said are you kidding me we live in loggerville 
Yes. Of course it's going to work. Exactly. Exactly. And the first, and then we, we started drinking it. Yeah. I said, we need to start canning beers. And the first beer that needs to be in a can is this one. He said, really? I said, yes, sir. I can hear and, him saying really that way too. The way you just really? did that was so spot on. <laughs> yeah. Really? And it, it, I mean, right now we have three approved labels, Barn Dance Bond, Revelation Pale, and Dortmunder. Dortmunder. Yep. For sure. God damn. It is amazing. It is really amazing to just look in the rearview mirror and remember what it was and what it is now. And, and and looking now through the filter of two years of COVID, like how oh, crazy is all that? I, I, I know I had Andrew on, on the one panel with, I think, uh, a chef from Alaska, chef from New Orleans. And, you know, everybody had the same situation. You know, everyone was kind of going through the same shit. And now to see us on the other side and to see those labels on those cans and, and crowlers and, and sextals flying out the door because you had to enjoy it at home, you know, it, it kind of gave a hand to it. So Dortmunder it is. I, I would I would agree with you on that. Um, let's get a little heavy. Um, Melanie Denea has two coffee table books. She's a photographer. Amazing. My Last Supper. And the next course. Have you seen either of them? No. All right. Well, one of these days, I'm going to bring both. I'm going to bring um, a six-pack or more of my shit, and we're going to sit down and we're going to read through them. So she does the her, – her famous Bourdain picture was the beef femur between the legs, and he's naked smoking a cigarette. Right. You know, the yep. so that's yep. her. But throughout the book then, she asks the same questions, and she kind of gave inspiration to the show uh, through that book because – you know, again, it's formatted. I asked the same. But her questions centered around one simple premise. Your ticket is getting punched tomorrow. Today is all you have. What is your last meal? What is your, you know, what are you eating? What are you drinking? Who's there? What music is playing? So, Nate Wheeler, hit that with me. <sighs> okay. Um, oh, man. Oh, wow. I would imagine uh, that Rodney Scott's you know, full hog barbecue is going to fall into that somewhere. Uh, he, nah, but no, nah, okay. Mm. No, nah, mm. <laughs> no, but it is in Charleston. It was a place called Martha Lou's kitchen. Okay. Um, there's a Andrew Zimmern episode of uh, delicious destinations and him and Sean Brocker in there wow. eating food. And Love Brock. They were talking about, uh, just the lima beans Yes. and how yes. The, like they were eating lima beans and they were crying. Yep. And I went there to eat lima beans, as screwed up as that sounds. And the fried chicken, lima beans, and mac and cheese, yep. and piece of cornbread on a damn styrofoam plate, yep. sitting next to a friggin' uh, Martin Luther King Award, and a James Beard Award, and a gas station. I love it. That would That would be it. And let's play Queen on the radio. I love, love, love it, love it. Who's who's there? Alive or dead? You get to pick. Who's there? <laughs> Chipper Jones. Okay. And my parents and Cal Ripken. Yes. Love that. Cal Ripken, Chipper Jones, and the parents. Strong, strong, strong options there. And Nate Wheeler, the last question, the simplest and yet the most complex. What is food to you in a single word? The reason why we're here. The, re the reason. 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 I, wow. Okay. I'm going to go on record, and I will look through every script um, for the past 188 episodes. But that is 
a first. I'm I'm ninety percent positive that is a first reason, and I love that. And you, sir, are the reason. You know, people people come back, people listen, people try new beers that aren't Coors Light. Uh, you know, that's that's you do. And I think you know, as uncomfortable as I know, because again, like like begets like. I know we vibe similar, um, but it, again, you should take that, embrace that, and realize that's why whatever it is that put us here puts you here. And um, I'm grateful to know you. I'm grateful to call you a friend. And I am glad as shit that you walk around with such a repository of information in your head, my friend. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Of course. Nice of course. Of course. Um, plugs on the way out. Turkey Hill Brewing Company, obviously – Check out their stuff on Facebook, Insta, the site, uh, turkeyhillbrewing.com, 991 Central Road, Bloomsburg, PA, 17815. Call for reservations, or not reservations, sorry, they don't reserve tables, uh, 570-387-8422. Yeah, and again, man, just a great honor, a great privilege, and uh, I don't think this is the last we're going to hear of uh, Rossler Wheeler uh, compilation here on the airwaves so you might oh, want to stay tuned mine, dude. thank you very much for having me that was absolutely awesome. goddamn honor thank you so much buddy our producer as always this evening has been the lovely voluptuous johnny leland robinson aka the reverend johnny lamoria be sure to check out his pirate party of wayne county and all their goings on up in the northeast the next episode is going to be number 190 you will not want to miss it stay tuned <laughs> 